Hi, everyone. I'm Randy Zuckerberg, and welcome to the Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg, where we embrace newcomers and experts alike to crypto, NFTs, metaverse, and Web3. On today's show, I'm so excited to be meeting just two of the most exceptional founders in this space. You cannot talk about NFTs without talking about Nifty Gateway. And I'm just so delighted to have Duncan and Griffin Cockfoster, co-founders of Nifty Gateway, with me in the cafe. So welcome to both of you. Andy, thank you so much for having us. It's great to be here. So uh, because we're in this kind of metaverse crypto cafe today, what are you both drinking in the cafe? Set the scene for me. I'm drinking coffee, my my beverage of choice. Twenty four seven. It's Stump Stumptown Cold Brew, which I have about two of every morning. Yes. Arguably an unhealthy level of caffeine, but you know, do what you got to do. I mean, Web three world, you need it. Um, I I just want to give a little credit where credit is due here because um, you both were so awesome to appear on my SiriusXM show several months ago, and I have to say that that interview we did was one of the big catalysts that actually got me into the NFT space. I had kind of been dabbling a little bit and feeling insecure about my knowledge. And and I got so excited after the last interview we did that um, I really credit credit a lot of my own involvement in the space with that. So very grateful to both of you. Well, thank you. That's amazing. Um, yeah, that's really awesome to hear. So I'd love to hear, maybe you can just set the scene a little bit about the current NFT ecosystem. I know we're we're sitting in a, in a slightly rough time for NFTs, but these these waves come and go. But I'd love to hear um, the lay of the land and, and how NFTs have really evolved from your perspective. Yeah, great question. Look, for us, it's, it, it is weird to think about the fact that maybe we're in a bit of a bear market. But, you know, for those of us who got into NFTs in 2018... It would be totally bizarre to call what is happening now a bear market because the whole industry is still about a thousand times larger than it was back then, back when we got into it. And you know, back then it was just a few hundred collectors and a few dozen projects, and no one paid attention to it at all. Now NFTs are everywhere. Everyone has heard about them, everyone has read about them in every mainstream publication. Everybody sees them all over their Twitter feed and Instagram feed constantly. They've really taken over the world. So despite the fact that these cycles are inevitable, if you zoom out and take a, a longer view, the growth has just been something incredible to witness. And they've connected people all over the world. They've really evolved into something that I don't think either Duncan or I could have possibly predicted. So Duncan, maybe you can take us back. Like, What was, the, what was your first aha moment with NFTs and crypto and the moment the light bulb went off for, for, you, for both of you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think my first aha moment was uh, actually reading about CryptoKitties back in back in 2017. I think CryptoKitties deserve a lot of the, the credit for showing people what was possible for NFTs. And that was, I mean, that was the original NFT project that crashed the Ethereum network. There have now since been many more, but uh, CryptoKitties was the first one that really took off like that. Um, so I, I guess for me, the aha moment was, I, I don't know, I mean, I had always grown up First of all, like we were sort of into collectibles for a very long time. I was really into streetwear in high school. Um, and I had also, you know, played a lot of video games as a kid. You know, I, I really intuitively understood digital objects. And as soon as I saw an NFT, the whole concept made sense to me because it, it was like, oh, okay, this is an NFT. This is a digital item that you can really own. You know, like my RuneScape sword before, that sword was trapped inside of RuneScape. You know, I couldn't hang it up on my wall. I couldn't, 
um, you know, putting this safe underneath my bed, but an NFT, you know, this is a digital thing that I can own the same way that I could own a physical thing. That was really the light bulb moment for me when someone described an NFT that way. Um, and I think, you know, we're still really in the early days of seeing the impact of that, but I still think that's the core innovation of, of NFTs, you know, like digital items are taking over our lives. Um, prior to blockchain, prior to NFTs, there's no way that you could truly own a digital item. Now you can, you know, I, I think uh, it makes sense that the first wave of that will probably involve a lot of speculation. And we have seen a lot of speculation, but the speculation is just a function of the underlying innovation here. And the underlying innovation is so powerful that we're really just in the early days of of what it'll do to the world. Hmm. I, I'm curious, you know, when when both of you started getting interested in NFTs, um, what was it that made you want to build a platform rather than make you want to to start with your own collection? Because um, I, I feel like that you were very ahead of your time and thinking about a place um, and a very different perspective about selling in, in a marketplace for NFTs. So I'd love to hear just your thought process from the beginning. Totally. Um, really for us, Nifty Gateway has our core mission hasn't really changed since we launched. Um, it's, it's always been two things. The first thing is accessibility. So I always love to tell the story of our investor, Adam Draper, who spent four hours trying to buy a crypto kitty and then gave up. <laughs> and that was his experience with NFTs. Um, he didn't revisit them for many years later. And we just, we just sort of said, you know, there, there's a segment of the population that um, will use NFTs if they have an easy way to do it. And I think that's really been true. Like we've, We've totally seen that borne out with Nifty Gateway, where sort of the custodial fiat experience is still still one that makes sense to a group of people that are not quite ready to make the leap into going full on chain and dealing with all of the you know security implications, the fact that if you if you lose your seed phrase, your stuff is gone forever. Um, and so accessibility was really the first issue that we wanted to solve, and the second one was all about quality. Um, I think back then NFTs were really held held back by the fact that there, you know, there weren't a ton of um, great creators. The, the way that there are now, there weren't a ton of great creators making NFTs. Um, since, since then, there's really been an explosion of creativity, but we really said we want to build a place where we can help NFT creators, we can help artists or creators of any type really like make their, based, their best NFTs. And we think that's the, the way to push the medium forward. Um, and I, I kind of think now we're in a cycle again where that that quality is going to be really important. Um, I feel like during a bull market, people will spend money on on a lot more stuff than they would in a bear market. And it's in a bear market when people revert back to buying high quality NFTs. So I think quality will, again, be a really important aspect of the next few years. Absolutely. So I want to get into a, in a sec what differentiates Nifty Gateway, because I feel it, it is quality and curation. But uh, before that, I'm just I'm sitting here smiling about, you know, your comment that it took four hours for someone so tech savvy to buy a crypto kitty, because I, I feel very seen by that comment. And uh, I feel like I, I have personally almost quit crypto many, many times because I'm like, why is this taking 17 steps and so difficult? So um, I really appreciate both of you for recognizing that as a challenge and um, and trying to solve it rather than I think a lot of members of the community lean into that difficulty to keep crypto feeling intimidating. So I, I just want to acknowledge and appreciate that. So with that, maybe you can talk a little bit about what does differentiate Nifty Gateway and, um, and how you're making it a little bit easier for newcomers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, Nifty Gateway is a uh... 
is a marketplace where you can sign up and buy an NFT with absolutely uh, no crypto experience. And you can, you can actually sell your NFT as well. And you, you never have to onboard onto cryptocurrency in order to use Nifty Gateway. And we, you know, we have a, a custodial option for people to use, which if you're intimidated by holding stuff in your personal wallet, if you don't really understand, you know, the implications, um, you know, I think the custody option is a lot safer for a lot of people. Um, so it, it's really the combination of those, those things that I outlined, um, sign up with an email and password, pay with fiat currency, and then also sell for fiat currency. I think those things together really make Nifty Gateway a, a suit, a smooth, simple experience for, for crypto newbies. Um, and it's allowed us to onboard just so many more people into the, into the NFT space. And even now still, I mean, we look at the data and it's remarkable. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people underestimate a lot of people who are in crypto, um, you know, sort of forget how small it still is and how much of a bubble it still is. And the data that we see, like the customers that we talk to, there are still people who are like, who are too intimidated by going, you know, opening up their own wallet at this point. Um, and they can still interact with NFTs through a platform like Nifty Gateway. So it really expands the total available market for NFTs um, when you have an experience like Nifty Gateway that's that's really simple for, for someone to get started with. And I should mention that um, we're really an op- we're a platform that has both options. So if you want to hold stuff in your personal wallet and transact directly on chain, you can do that. Or if you want to use the custody solution, uh, you can do that as well. So yeah, it's geared towards both groups of users and those two things together are, are a really powerful unlock. And I will also mention, um, you know, it's so powerful. Most people get started with the custodial experience and then they transition over to the personal wallet in some way, shape or form. Um, so I, I think it's a really crucial layer to get people started with Web3 because otherwise the, the barriers to entry are just so high and so intimidating. Absolutely. For anyone who's just joining us, I'm speaking with Duncan and Griffin Cockfoster, co-founders of Nifty Gateway. You're listening to Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg. All right. And I want to give our listeners a way to really um, tell you guys apart because you do everything together. It's so awesome. I worked with a sibling. It's fantastic. But let's. I want to dive a little bit more into each of your wallets, what's in them, like what kind of art you're collecting. Um, so maybe... Uh, Griffin, let's start with you, and you, because uh, you can learn a lot about someone by the NFTs that they've collected, and then we'll we'll head over to Duncan. Oh yes, you totally can. <laughs> I love how NFTs reveal so much about a person. <laughs> My wallet is heavily art focused, heavily Nifty Gateway art focused, as uh, you know, as one would expect. Um, I have a lot of Slime Sunday pieces in there. He's an artist that I absolutely love. He has the piece that I use as my background on every Zoom call which is called The Last Stand of the Nation State. And it was an early NFT and it, it's just great. It, it's kind of a play on classical art and crypto culture and it's freaking fantastic. I love it. Um, I also have a Beeple, which is probably nice. my grail of Beeple every day is that I bought off the primary market for $1. What? Yeah, yeah. Like that was back <laughs> in the very early days of Nifty Gateway. And it's crazy that we did this, but we had those drops where you could just show up and the first, the first person who, you know, it was just a, a mad competition to click buy as quickly as possible. And I like got amazingly lucky and got one and I've been holding it ever since. Um, I have a lot of fuck render. I like him a lot. I have some mad dog Jones pieces. Who's an amazing artist. And then I, I I've been getting a little bit more into the PFP projects. So I have an MF, which is a, a favorite of mine and a doodle, which is also really a grail. And that I love Robatos for mm. those of you who know that project, like that's a, a really great project. I know the founder. I love the art. 
and I'm probably missing all sorts of stuff, but you know, my wallet is heavily art focused and I, I try to focus on pieces from artists I know and who seem like they've been in NFTs for a while. And I'm always on the lookout for the next awesome pickup. I love it. Okay, Duncan, what's what's in your wallet? Because that, that was a pretty good collection right there. Uh, yeah, but my collection is way better than Griffin's. Um, <laughs> I love it. See, now this is where it comes out. I love it. Yeah, I, I also have a lot of uh, early, I, I, similarly, I'm mostly art-focused, mostly Nifty Gateway art-focused. Um, I have a lot of early pieces. I actually have three people pieces. I have a... Um, you know, multiple different slime Sundays. Mm. I have an early Coldy piece, which I really love. Um, I have a bunch of POC. I have like 10 or 11 of the POC art pieces. Um, I have a, a Josie edition of 21, which is just awesome. Nice. But but honestly, lately, my my collecting behavior has been, has really changed. Um, I did a little, I do have a few PFPs. I have a doodle. Um, I have a CryptoPunk that I bought way back in the day. But honestly, now mostly my collection my collecting behavior is mostly driven by the display devices I have. So I just got three atomic form screens in my house and I honestly only buy stuff that I can show off on the atomic forms anymore or the, the Samsung TVs that I have too, because we have a partnership with Samsung. Um, but for me, I, this is what my new favorite thing to do with, with NFTs. I, I'm just trying to buy beautiful art that I can show off in my house. When people come over, I, I show them my collection on the display screen. Um, I find it a lot less stressful than, buying NFTs with the intention of making money, honestly, it's, it's kind of like a joyful activity. Uh, you know, I just, I'm just like, would this look nice on my wall? Or like, how do I compose three different pieces next to each other and make them look nice? And like, you know, what sort of, what sort of collection can I show off? Um, so that's really changed my collecting behavior. And honestly, I think, uh, it's, it's been a healthy change for me. It's, I kind of needed it because, you know, the whole, I feel like NFTs have become, you know, since we started, they've become like way more focused on, on making money and and kind of flipping. And so for me, just having an experience where I just buy stuff just to look at it on my wall is actually very nice and cathartic. Um, and that's so that's totally changed my collecting behavior. I'm, you know, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I've actually been thinking over the past few months how much more physical art I've bought since I got into digital art. Um, I used to maybe buy one or two pieces a year of physical art. I think I've bought over a dozen pieces just in the last few months alone. So I'm wondering if, if that's something you're seeing with yourselves and if you think that um, that NFTs and digital art are just changing the entire art game in general. Oh, it, it absolutely is. I, it's something I noticed so much since I got into NFTs. And I've seen it with all my friends who got into NFTs. Appreciation of one type of art and one type of valuable item really bleeds over into appreciation for other types of art and other types of valuable items. And it makes you think about it so much more. You spend so much time looking at art and, and analyzing art and trying to understand it. it. Inevitably, it also extends into the physical realm. And I've noticed the same thing happening to myself. I care so much more about physical art pieces that I'm buying. And I, I take a lot, lot more time to investigate it. And yeah, it, it, it's really interesting. It just goes to show that NFTs are additive to think to other types of collecting. It's not, it's not a competition. The more, the more people collect NFTs, the more likely they are to also collect physical art. And I think they'll both, both grow together. Yeah. But personally, I prefer the, I prefer showing off my, my digital art to buying more physical art, physical art. It's just a, it takes up so much space. Honestly, I mean, I, I'm actually at the point where I don't even have enough room in, in my apartment anymore for the, the physical art. And it's not even all art that I, a lot of it is just like physical art that I've gotten from artists. Uh, 
maybe it's like a, a bonus when you bought their NFTs or between my girlfriend and I, we have five, five pieces from uh, this Rafiq Anadol series. And so he sent us five prints and uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I think I need to get a storage unit or something because I don't <laughs> know where to put all the physical art, but the digital art is, you know, it's, I, I just love being able to like change what's on my wall so easily. Um, and when people come over, I, I like have this slideshow where I sort of like walk them through my whole collection. And honestly, I think uh, people react better than I, than I, like a lot of them are actually legitimately interested in the art and they'll say stuff like, you know, I thought, NF I didn't realize that people like collected NFTs just like, cause they look like to look at them. I thought it was all just like about making money. So I think it's cool to see that behavior and to, to see that realization in people. Oh, totally. I, I'm so emotionally attached to my NFTs. Like, even if I did buy them thinking I would sell them, I feel like I can never part with any of them because I, I I just get so attached. Well, I I know I'm sure I, I would love to see your NFT collection. I know a lot of people will. So maybe there's an, an online gallery or, or some experience where people can see that. Um, do either of you have the NFT that got away, like one that you d didn't pull the trigger on and then like super regretted it? I bought 10 uh, Last Stand of the Nation states by Slime Sunday when it dropped, and it was only $40 originally. And because it was lower priced, I, I gave a bunch of them away to friends and family and as like an entry-level NFT. And then I just watched with greater and greater regret as the price climbed all the way up to $15,000 from, <laughs> from there, which was a, such a heartbreaking experience for me. It ended, that's a, that was a nice gift you ended up giving. Yeah, it was a nice gift. Yeah. My friends were like, wow, you're so generous. And I was like, can I have that back maybe? But no, um, yeah, that that's the one for me, but I still have four of them and I, I, I love it. Like I, I realized what a mistake I made and I don't think I'll ever part with those four. You're like, and now I'll never give a gift ever yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Lesson, don't give gifts to people. <laughs> Duncan, what about you? I'm trying to think. Uh, You're like, I, no regrets, I, no FOMO. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe a little. I, I honestly wish I'd gotten into uh, I, to generative art a little earlier. Um you know, because like a lot of a lot of people at Nifty Gateway were really into art blocks when it first launched, and I was I was kind of not into it, and I wish I'd gotten more into that because I actually think generative art is a really cool genre of NFTs. Um, so maybe can my can my regret be a whole genre instead yeah. of just a specific piece? Absolutely. But, you know, never, never too late. There's always new new collections and genres launching in our, our final few minutes together. I'd love to hear just what's on the horizon for Nifty Gateway and what what success looks like for each of you in a few years. Like what what will really make you think like we we did this. We led this industry to the place where we wanted it to go. Lately, I, I'm really thinking about uh I, I really like want to think about how crypto technology can add value to the world. This is my obsession lately. Um, Cause I feel like in the time that I've been in the industry, it's, you know, back when we first started, it was we, all these digital artists were like earning a living for the first time through NFTs. And it was really cool. Um, and I feel like now the mainstream of the industry has shifted a little bit away from that. And I think it'll be really good to, to focus on, you know, like value adding to the world. So lately that's been the, the metric of success that I've been thinking about basically like how many how many artists can make a, a living selling their nfts full-time and like doing what they doing what they want to do all day and what makes them happy you know I, I kind of think that's an objective good for the world and it's definitely something that um you know we played a huge role in and i'm incredibly proud of so that that's going to be a big part of our of you know the stuff that we're working on this year um 
basically like more features to let more artists launch NFTs and, and use Nifty Gateway, which is a really simple, accessible way to get started to like increase the number of artists who can make a living selling NFTs. It's awesome. Griffin, what about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very focused on the accessibility piece and we at Nifty have built a lot of really awesome features and they haven't been productized yet and released more to the world, but I'm really looking forward to doing that. Um, you know, as an example, with, with the custody and some of the minting optimizations we've done on Nifty Gateway, we're building a feature around airdrops where you'll, you know, maybe everybody went to a party that you through and you can airdrop NFTs to people's email addresses or phone numbers, or, or you could airdrop an NFT to 10,000 different email addresses with one click mm. for less than a hundred dollars. Wow. You know, from, from a cost perspective and yeah, from an accessibility perspective, and then they can just sign up with an email and password and, and claim those. And I, th I think there's just so far to run in terms of getting the rest of the world into NFTs and the, the features we have at Nifty just make it so easy. My, you know, my grandmother could do it. My grandmother does do it. In fact, she collects NFTs on Nifty Gateway because all you have to do is sign up with an email password and buy with a credit card. Like she's not tech savvy at all, but I, I think that's the opportunity ahead of us. And we have a lot of cool things we'll be announcing soon that will just let more people make use of those features and, and more people use them to launch NFTs to the world and, and do airdrops and sell low priced accessible NFTs. And I, I think there's so far to go there. There's a lot of exploration left to do. Absolutely. I love Oh, sorry. Yeah. Please go ahead. No, I was just going to say that. And all of those use cases only augment other use cases, right? Like those only augment the fine art use cases and, and PFPs. The more people get into NFTs, the more the entire industry grows, which mm -hmm. is just great to see. I, I agree. And I, I love that you're talking about your grandmother and I've been working to onboard my mom and into the space. And I actually, I think NFTs are such a great place to start to onboard women into crypto and start their crypto journey. So it, it really, again, appreciates so much how, how you're making that so accessible. Um, I guess, Griffin, while I have you in your, your final, I'd love just some final words of wisdom for, you know, maybe anyone who's a little bummed out about the current bear market or crypto winter we're in and just your, your words of wisdom and thoughts for anyone who's creating in the space right now. And then we'll, we'll go over to Duncan. Yeah. Well, my words of wisdom, if you're a trader are be, be really careful about speculating and be really careful about um, investing any money that you can't afford to lose and high risk new assets. Because you know that they are high risk and they're new, and I, I don't know. Speculation is dangerous, and it's really hurt a lot of people in the past. So I, I would just say, be careful and try to you know try to do something. Or even if it doesn't work out, you won't end up regretting it, and you'll be able to recover from it. Um, but you know, as a as a second thing, I, I would just say that NFTs are about much more than money. They're they're about culture and they're about technology. And I think in five years, any sort of bear market will just be remembered as a part of a normal cycle which that, that's always what happens all throughout history. Markets have these cycles and they go up and they go down and that's okay. The much, the much broader story is one of increasing adoption. And as someone who's been in the industry for four years, I'm just astounded by how much adoption has increased. And I've, I have no doubt that that will continue. Absolutely. Duncan, your final parting thoughts. Um, yeah, I, I would say if, uh, you know, if you look at a more, more traditional markets and like more traditional financial markets, you usually see this, this cycle where in a bull market, basically everything gets funded and essentially everything gets overheated. And you get to this point where things that are not really adding value or like creating value for society get funded. Um, 
and then in a crash you you sort of move away from that and like uh you you like everything overcorrects and like you end up in the opposite direction where not enough new ideas are getting funded and i i think that we'll probably see the same cycle and play out in nfts i think people will get more skeptical about which type of nfts they want to collect um and you know, honestly, I think uh, it's it's good to remember that 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 is a bit of a healthy cycle. Um, I, I think if you're an NFT artist, the most important thing that you can do is is focus on your art. Um, just keep you know think about your art career on like a five year, twenty year time frame, um, and just keep you know keep improving with every single release that you do. Keep leveling up your visual style. Keep connecting with more collectors and different types of people. Um, and yeah, I, I think Griffin has good advice for if you're a trader. Um, uh, you know, it's, these are like really risky speculative assets and you should never forget that. Um, and yeah, just, you know, be, be careful out there. For sure. Thank you so much for joining me today to both of you. Where can our listeners learn more about you and everything going on at Nifty Gateway? Follow me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at G Foster and then follow Nifty Gateway on Twitter. Go to niftygateway.com. Yeah. And I'm at, I'm at DC Cockfoster. Awesome. Well, thank you both. It was really fun to to dive further into everything that you're building. You're both such visionary founders in the space. And it was also really fun to poke inside your wallet and see uh, see what NFTs you're loving in your art. So thank you both so much for joining me today on Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg and uh, cannot wait to see everything that you do in the future. Thanks so much, Randy. Thank you really appreciate you having us. Thanks. That was Duncan and Griffin Cockfoster, co-founders of Nifty Gateway, an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to buy, sell, and store digital art and collectibles. Tune in next week for a brand new episode in the Crypto Cafe.